Defense, defense, defense. The Michigan defense steps up huge against Iowa. Harbaugh might be losing it. And is Ohio State even better than last year? I'm Adam Amble, and this is the M Factor. Welcome back, Michigan fans, for episode six of the M Factor. We will recap that offensive struggle, but a solid win for the Wolverines. Harbaugh has himself some statements out of nowhere, and will anyone be able to beat the Buckeyes this year? But first, make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud and subscribe to the M Factor. Make sure to leave us a review and, as always, a five-star rating to help skyrocket the M Factor in the rankings so us Wolverine fans can take over the college football podcast world. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. And let's keep Season 2 of the M Factor rocking again. I really appreciate the support, everyone, so let's get the episode rolling. Rock and roll. If you watch the game this Saturday, Michigan gets a tough win against the Hawkeyes, but I'm sure two things stuck out in pretty much everyone's mind, I'm sure. Please keep up that defense, and what the heck was that offense? Really, I am confused on if both teams' offenses are just that bad or if their defenses are that good. Unfortunately, we have been watching Michigan's offense all season, so we can't give Iowa's defense much credit, but I, I do think I, I'll give the Michigan defense two thumbs up on this game. Let's get into the box scores real quick uh, before we really dive into the, the game stories, though. Uh, first, let's go over the team stats or the team matchups. It was first downs. Iowa actually had 18 to 13 over Michigan. Again, this was an offensive struggle by both teams or a defensive battle, one of those two. Third down efficiency was really where it it showed Michigan's struggle on offense. Three of 13 from third down uh, for third down efficiency. They didn't have to go for it on fourth down. Total yards goes to Michigan, but barely only 267 to 261 from the Hawkeyes. Passing only 147 yards for, for the, the Wolverines, 260 for the Hawkeyes. And it was just dismal, dismal passing, dismal rushing, only 120 yards for Michigan. One yard for Iowa, but that was because of the defense, and they still keep up that stupid rushing statistic of a sack goes against your your total yards rushing. I really don't agree with that, but, hey, that's not mine to call. Penalties, again, a great game for Michigan on the penalty side. Four for 35 yards only. Iowa with eight for 60. Turnovers, this was huge. This this wins us and loses us ballgames, folks. We've seen it all year, and we actually played a good squad. And we finally won the turnover battle. One turnover for the Wolverines on that Shea Patterson aired pass, but four for the Hawkeyes. So that is something we can hang our hats on. That was really solid time of possession. Again, we're just struggling on offense so bad. 26 minutes and three seconds for Michigan to 33-57 for the Hawkeyes. The team stats, like I mentioned, that really stick out, that three of 13, I'll get into that a little bit later. And... Uh, on the positive side, the turnovers and the penalties. Four of 35, not terrible, especially our average is what, been like six, seven penalties all year. So not terrible, and Iowa kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit, but that was, again, I, I feel that was, they had a couple of delayed game penalties. Some uh, There should have been some offensive pass interferences that were not called, and there were a few that were. So that was on the defense. The defense caused a lot of penalties or some holding penalties. So, again, great job. 
we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's go over the the box score real quick for Michigan. It was Shea Patterson, 14 of 26, 147 yards, QBR 27.4. It's just terrible, folks. It's, it's awful. Puke. Just puke. I mean, that you can't do that. We'll get into this a little bit later as well. Nate Stanley for Iowa, 23 of 42, 260 yards, 23.1 QBR. So worse, but that's because of the three interceptions, obviously. Rushing for the Wolverines all day. Charbonnet with 13 carries, 42 yards. He led all Wolverines with rushing. It was Torn Young for Iowa with eight carries and 40 yards. Not very impressive. Again, that was a good defense by the Wolverines, but on offense for the uh, for Michigan, the rushing and passing, just, just dismal. Uh, Shea Patterson had seven carries for 25 yards, but still, where is just where is that pulling play? His reads are terrible. If indeed those are read options, just just awful. Michigan receiving, again, when you don't have a quarterback that's really looking like you knowing what he's doing, you're not going to have very good stats on, on the receiving end as well. So Nico Collins led in yards with three receptions for 63, but all, most of those came on that 51-yard uh, bomb earlier in the game. DPJ with the four receptions. It's good to see him back. However, just just no explosiveness. I don't know if he's still not 100%. Just did not look the same out there, but that could all be on Shea as well. Michigan, in terms of fumbles, we did recover one fumble. That was uh, DPJ recovered a fumble, or pardon me, fumbled it, uh, and uh, Christian Turner also had a fumble. Let's roll to the defense, though, and this is where you know I want to shed a lot of praise to the Wolverines. Kalik Hudson with 11 total tackles to lead everyone. Jordan Glasgow with five tackles. Two sacks for Glasgow, two sacks for Cameron McGrone, and almost three, basically three sacks for Quiddy Pay, who had an amazing game. We'll give a shout out to Aiden Hutchinson and Michael Dana. Each had one sack for themselves, but really the the QB hurries. They had six QB rushes, and I think it would have been more because uh, Stanley was throwing the ball away all game long. He was not comfortable back there, and he's a good quarterback, folks. Let's let's not forget that he is not a he is not Rutgers. He is not Illinois, who we face next week with the, the dreaded Brandon Peters. But he is not those guys. So that was very good. And like I said, really, Iowa has been known to have a great offensive line, you know, year in and year out. I'll get into that a little bit in the game thoughts and the M-Factor handouts. So let's move on. Interceptions, Metellus, Hill, and Thomas all had one. Kick returns, Giles Jackson with only one. Only needed one, right? Uh, for 19 yards, punt returns, DPJ is back there. It was good to see him back there. He did have a nice punt return, so that was good to see. Kicking, Moody with one for two on field goals. Of course, the one, I mean, right before half there, he actually booted it through the end zone. I don't know if you guys saw that at home. We were actually at the game, but I don't know if you guys saw that at home, but they called timeout, and he kicked it right through the uprights and then came back out and whiffed on the the the, the plus 50-yard field goal. So, you know, I don't, I don't really blame him for that, but uh, – Quinn Nordian was one for one on extra points and punting Will Hart had eight for 365 yards, average 45.6 with a long of 59 Uh, on offense. Let's, let's go, let's go right to game thoughts. Actually, folks, the defense was amazing. As I mentioned, they had Stanley running around all day long. Also recording eight sacks is impressive. And Iowa is not known for having a weak offensive line, as I mentioned. So I really like the schemes that Don Brown had going out there. I really, it was good to see. It was good to see that. That's a typical Michigan defense right there. 
that was what we grew accustomed to last year, uh, minus the, what, Indiana, Ohio State, and Florida game. That was what we were accustomed to, and hopefully they can build on that and find somehow to, to – defend those underneath routes because that still is the Achilles heel of this defense. I will mention that a little later, but they also forced those three INTs. And I wish a lot of those incompletions was Stanley throwing them away. You know, Stanley was uh, 23 or 42. That is not a good completion percentage at barely, barely above 50%, right? So many of those, he was throwing them into the crowd. Some of those could, a couple of them were, oh, I know one for certain was intentional grounding. So, Great job by the Michigan coverage and the defensive line. You got to, they, 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 they complement each other very well, or they complement each other very well on Saturday. Stanley did on occasion have some time to pass the ball. He did, but those DBs were like blankets on the wide receivers. And really that's the only reason those underneath routes opened up because the DBs would actually be, they would be in great coverage for about four to four and a half seconds and then finally they would have someone drag across the middle and they would actually be open. The, the linebackers were kind of out of position. But if there was uh, the, the two units, the DBs and the defensive line, the defensive line obviously had some great pressure, but I really got to credit those those DBs, you know, three INTs and the fact that Stanley did have a, a little bit of a decent amount of time, we'll say, on most of his throws. There were a couple of times the pocket collapsed, but most of the time it was those DBs covering up those wide receivers and Stanley just not been able to find anyone, which he is not used to, right? He is normally pretty efficient, but not on Saturday. So that was really, I, I really enjoyed watching that. I also, like I mentioned, they, they, they were just really, really in position all game long. Those DBs were just in position. They seemed to be right there, even on the completions. They didn't really, not a lot of yards after the catch. They seemed to be right there if Iowa caught the ball and make the tackle. There was only one real bad missed tackle, and it was, I think it was Hudson, actually. I'm not sure who it, who it was. I can't really remember. Sorry about that. But uh, had a wide, he ended up, the Iowa player ended up having, you know, gained like 30, 35 yards off a, off a whiff tackle. It was a one-on-one -on -one tackle, and he went for the big hit. Uh, you got to break down and tackle on that one, guys. But other than that, solid game from the defense. And I really hope, I, I just really hope that Don finds a way to to defend these underneath routes before that Penn State game because Penn State will exploit it. Iowa tried. Uh, we, we have seen that in the past. As I mentioned, Indiana really exploited it last year. I think Ohio State and Urban Meyer really fed off of that Indiana game. It just showed that that one weakness that we had last year, and those were those underneath kind of delay routes that the whole middle of the field was just wide open. They would spread us out. Uh, the, the DBs would do great coverage, and and then it just underneath routes all game long. Ohio State obviously has much better athletes than Indiana did, so they were obviously able to just run up the score on Michigan last year, which is, ugh, which it's it's not looking good this year either. I'll get into that. A little later, as I mentioned in the opening, but if they don't find a way to stop these, it's not going to matter because we'll have losses against Penn State. Like I said, the good coaches, Penn State, Michigan State, Notre Dame, especially. Uh, I'm not going to say Michigan State, but because heck with Antonio, but in uh, in Ohio State will will exploit those and then possibly a bowl game. So they're they're looking at some losses there if they do not get that 
or get those underneath routes under control because our offense is not going to keep us in these games, folks. I'm I'm sorry to say offense just isn't clicking. It is quite honestly beyond out of control. Now, these guys either just aren't understanding it or simply do not. We just don't have the athletes for it, which just seems impossible to me. The thing that really concerns me is we do not have a single big playmaker or no one's that's really stepped up to make that big play. I was hoping DPJ returning would provide a spark or something, but no dice last Saturday for sure. I know injuries have have hurt the Wolverines a little bit. I I can't I can't make excuses for that because we should have more than one or two playmakers on both sides of the ball, and right now I'm not seeing it on either side. Uh, the defense played together as one whole unit, but no one really, no, no, no one really stood out. Cleek Hudson's been having a great year. I will give Cleek Hudson uh, credit where credit is due. Cleek Hudson, Glasgow, those guys have been uh, been playing great in terms of tackles, and that's exactly what you want, right? You want your front seven to be making the tackles and not your DBs. So, great job to them. But in terms of great playmakers and someone that can just take over a game like a Jabril Peppers, like a Donovan Peoples Jones, quite honestly, last year. Like a, excuse me, like a Denard Robinson, you know, these guys, we just don't have them. We just, and I don't understand why we're getting these five-star recruits. Where are they? I know they have speed. I know they have speed or we just losing, I don't know, maybe during the summer, during weightlifting, they're losing flexibility. They're losing agility, but come on, Michigan definitely can afford top notch conditioning and trainers, uh, conditioning coaches and trainers in the, uh, in the workouts. So I just do not understand where is our lack of speed. Again, I'm just not seeing it. Someone needs to show me it. DPJ showed me a little bit on that kick, or um, pardon me, on that punt return. Other than that, nothing, absolutely nothing. But let's get into the M factors from last Saturday. First one clearly goes to the Michigan defense, the whole defense, for much of the reasons I stated above. Again, I'm a little worried that the Iowa offense might not be quite up to snub, but eight sacks against an offensive line that is always pretty solid. Very encouraging. Great job to the entire Michigan defense. If there was a down downfall, it was that one missed tackle. They they gave they forced a lot of penalties to Iowa and did not commit many on their own. In fact, some of the pass the one pass interference call was BS. It happened right in front of us. Totally disagreed with it. But other than that, I mean, only four penalties all game. So great job, Michigan defense. Second M factor goes. To the turnover ratio, finally a convincing ratio as Michigan had three INTs and a fumble recovery. And was this because of Iowa's lackluster offense? I don't think so on this one because Iowa entered the game with only one turnover all season, which led the nation along with Ohio or pardon me, Oregon State for the fewest in the country. So they know how to they know how to take care of the ball. Again, I think this was because of the pressure on Stanley and the Blanket coverage by those DBs on the Iowa wide receiving crew. I really think Stanley thought he could force a lot of those in there, and it was great to see the athleticism, not so much the speed, but I know they kind of go hand in hand, but the athleticism of the Michigan DBs and uh, the secondary, you might say, to to really force coverage on these wide receivers and, and make Stanley make some tough throws. And credit again to the defensive line for putting a little bit of pressure on them and capitalizing on that good coverage. So uh, back to the turnovers, though. Shea had the one INT, but it didn't cost him, luckily. But it could have it could have because if Iowa would have got the lead, there is no way that Michigan could have battled back if they were trailing late in the game. I'm just not seeing it, folks. 
Let's get into some of the post-game stories, and it kind of goes along with our lackluster offense this year. And the biggest story in my mind was Harbaugh after the game stating, eh, quote, we are close offensively and close to hitting the stride of, of hitting, hitting the stride of hitting on all cylinders. Sorry. There's very good evidence to back that up. And that's what I see. Um, I don't know, Harbaugh. I think he might be, might've lost his mind there a little bit. I know he's not the greatest interviewee. Actually, he's quite awkward most of the time, but this is just, I'm not sure about this one. Let's, let's break it down from a statistical standpoint first, before we absolutely shred this statement uh, with our opinions. Michigan is currently 93rd in total yards, 73rd in pass yards, 102nd in rush yards, and 74th in points, folks. Uh, that's just not going to cut it. Now, there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I saw this uh I saw this on Twitter earlier today. Now, Michigan's national ranks uh, so far, as I as I just mentioned, it were uh, you know pretty pretty terrible, right? But there there were some things because they were very very equal to what Penn State looked like in uh, 2016. Sorry for the little delay, folks. Through five games, total total offensive yards per game, Penn State had 365, and U of M is currently at 367. Now, don't forget, uh, this is when uh, Penn State ended up winning the Big Ten after they got shredded by Michigan and then continued to roll on the rest of the season. So a little light at the end of the tunnel. Points per game, Penn State only averaged 29. Michigan is currently averaging 28. And their record, uh, Penn State was actually 3-2 and two at the time when they started their nice low run. U of M is 4-1. and one. So Penn State's offense did look rather terrible, and they turned it around. It, and maybe it only takes a game. Boy, I hope so. But I just wanted to share that with you guys because it was kind of an interesting stat. And, you know, we're, we kind of be, we're, tend to be down on the Michigan offense this year. But if, if, if Harbaugh is, 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 is uh, truly feeling this, I don't think he is. I'll get into that here in a little bit for a couple reasons. But if, if that's truly the case, then we'll be looking okay. I still don't think we beat Ohio State. But it's not looking like we hopefully not losing to you know, Penn State, Michigan State, and Notre Dame there because that would just be terrible. That's it for the Michigan season. That could be it for Harbaugh if that happens. So let's. So after the game that, that they score 10 points, gain only 267 total yards, and rock a dreadful 3 of 13 on third down conversions, all while in the – don't forget, this was at the big house, on the friendly confines of the big house, Harbaugh busts out that gem. I don't know. I have no real problem with sticking up for the team – but I'm sorry, I can't stand it when it's, it's just so obvious for just patronizing people, and it's just obviously to to keep the team morale up, which is which is not a big problem, but it is a problem if everyone can see right through it. First off, you know, first and foremost, knows this is BS. Who does the players? They're not idiots. I know they're young. They're they're young, but and they, I, I think they know that they are in a serious trouble if that defense does not maintain how they played last Saturday because that offense is not going to be able to come back, and that offense, hopefully, I'm saying that offense is not going to be able to put up the numbers if that defense fails. And, and the players know this. I, I, they, they play the games, folks. They know something is not clicking. They're right there. They, are, they should know it better than anyone that, that we are close offensively. Maybe something's going on in practice that obviously we don't see. I, I hope the players keep a positive attitude or start to get a little negativity in them and start to push, push hard. You know, people are motivated by different reasons. 
this would be a great reason to be motivated because you want to win. You want to send those seniors and juniors out if they want to go pro. You want to send them out with a bang, and you want to beat Ohio State at the end of the season, folks. Come on. Second, I was at the game with a girlfriend, which first and foremost was an amazing time. It was Jess's first time to the big house. It was pretty special in that aspect, but at no point, except maybe the first, what, two drives, one off the turnover, uh, did I see any evidence of even the slightest improvement? I, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say that 99% of us Michigan fans are in complete disagreement of what Harbaugh's claiming. In fact, I'm I'm willing to bet that the majority of us think that it's getting worse. I'm seeing a digressing offense here from the start of Harbaugh's tenure here at Michigan, which he was supposed to bring a rejuvenated offense back into the, the Michigan Wolverine culture, and I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing it digress every year. I think our best quarterback so far has been Jake Rudock. He improved all season long, and we only had it for one year, darn it. I was so hyped when Shea came in, and he has been digressing. He's supposed to be a – you know, Harbaugh's supposed to be a quarterback coach, and I'm just not seeing the, the improvement from these guys. In fact, I'm thinking they're getting worse. Spate got worse. Peters was pretty much non-existent. O'Corn was pretty much non-existent. You can't really base it on them. Shea Patterson – Last year, kind of had his peak in the middle of the season against you know Penn State during the uh, against Penn State, Wisconsin, and, and Michigan State. There, other than that, I do not see any any evidence of this offense getting better. Like I said, I see more evidence of it getting worse, and I would I would believe if most of you Michigan fans were right there with me in in believing the same thing. Third, I'm and this is I'm sure most of you agree with this as well. I am very concerned with Shea Patterson. He is still not pulling it on those read options, and I made it a point to watch those Iowa defensive ends. Again, you can't always see it on TV, but when I was at the game, I really was I really was watching to see if they would crash or stay home, and it's still almost like Shea is not reading at all because there were multiple times he could have pulled and taken it a long way before even a Hawkeye player would be close. Either he is not getting it, or is he still pouting? Because that's what it looks like to me. I, I think I have to agree with many of you now, uh, a lot of a couple of my Colorado friends, and root for a QB change when McCaffrey is healthy. I hate to do it. I hate to do it to a senior. But, guys, Shea is just not getting it. And McCaffrey could be that playmaker that we need. We know he was last year. He's a little goofy. But, man, he's if he can't stay healthy, we're in, we're in serious trouble if we put McCaffrey in and he gets injured again. Because I just don't see Shea pulling it or turning it around. I just don't understand what the problem is with him not pulling the ball. Maybe, hey, maybe it's set plays. Maybe it's not even a read option. Boy, I hope it is because that was kind of our bread and butter last year. Uh, we scored and gained a lot of yards doing that, that specific read option. And Shea was fantastic at it. He was absolutely fantastic at it. So I really, really hope that it is those are not set plays and, and they're not just fakes, right? Because there were a couple play action where it looks like he's reading, but I can tell you what, those are set play or those are set plays. There's no read right there. I think it's it's just a play action pass. And those aren't gonna work when it's when you only have really two options, uh, when either he's giving it to the running back or dropping back to pass. Uh you can tell these receivers are not getting open because the DBs aren't biting on that play out play action. Cause you can tell it in Shay's feet. So, and I'm, I'm just a spectator. You know, I know the game of football pretty well, but these DBs have been doing it for a long time. Right. So let's, I, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say that uh, they, they can figure it out if it's play action or not pretty quickly, especially since Shay doesn't seem to be selling it very well, which leads me back to, is he pouting? Boy, I just, I really hope not. That'd be, that'd be quite the bummer. 
especially with the gauntlet of the Big Ten schedule coming up. Speaking of the Big Ten, let's do a quick rundown of the league after week six. Michigan and Iowa is really the only big game, even though that OSU-MSU game was everything that we thought it would be, a blowout in favor of the Buckeyes. Of course, we all called that one. That was no, There was no doubt in my mind about that one. We will get to those clowns in a minute, but other action from Saturday, Wisconsin rolled over Kent State 48 nothing. Wisconsin just looking really good. This might be the best Wisconsin team that, that they've had in a long time. Some, some uh, experts say ever. You know, I haven't really been a Wisconsin fan, but good gracious, they're they're unstoppable. I can't wait for them to play Michigan State. Uh, I believe that's next weekend, actually. That's going to be embarrassing for Sparty. Oh, I can't wait. Penn State over Purdue, 35-7. Uh, Penn State remains unbeaten, and Purdue just continues to, oh, boy, just just disappoint me. I, I had them picked at least in the middle of the Big Ten, if not the upper side of the West and boy, was I mistaken. So that's an, that's a, that's an Adam wrong right there. Uh, surprise team though. Minnesota remains undefeated Bill beating Illinois 40 to 17. Now in defense of, or not in defense of Minnesota, but let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit there. They are undefeated, but they really have not beating, uh, beaten anyone of any, any real value. They, I honestly don't think they've, they've played a ranked team yet. Uh, let's, if we take a look at their their uh, games this year, they played San Diego State. They only won by seven. They only won by three against Fresno State. Uh, um, 35-32 against Georgia Southern. Uh, at Purdue, they only won by seven. And Illinois was their largest margin of victory. So uh, watch out. They're, they're in for a rude awakening. I mean, they do they do have a fairly light schedule. They got Penn State at home. They got at Iowa later on in the season and then they got Wisconsin at home the last game of the season. So they I mean they got some winnable ball games coming up Nebraska, Rutgers and Maryland until they hit Penn State. So they who knows they might be legitly 8-0. Uh, so which doesn't really matter to me because we don't play them this year, but who knows? Who knows? Uh let's see we had uh Nebraska squeaking by another disappointing team Northwestern 13 to 10. And as I mentioned, it was Ohio State 34, Michigan State 10 on Saturday night. That blockbuster game, that turned out to be absolutely nothing. The polls showed no real drastic change in the in the rankings with uh, Michigan being the biggest mover, of course. Ohio State cracked that, or is uh, number three, Wisconsin at number eight. Penn State 10, Michigan 16, Iowa 17. Uh, Michigan just kind of hopped over Iowa there. Which makes sense. I mean, Iowa played a great game at Michigan, so not they didn't play a great game, but it was actually it was a rather boring game offensively, but great game to watch defensively. And of course, the experience at the Big House is always amazing, especially when you get to go with uh, special people. MSU drops out of the top twenty-five. No surprise there, since they don't belong there anyway. I know a lot of you Sparty fans will probably be saying that about Michigan. However. We have beat a ranked team this year, and I know you're going to say, oh, Iowa's garbage, Iowa's garbage. Well, hey, you never know. Uh, you guys you guys might want to watch out because I do believe you lost to Arizona State, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I know you guys don't have to play Iowa this year, but better watch it because you do have Wisconsin coming up this Saturday. You still got Penn State, which you have to play. So let's uh, let's hold up there on, the, on that, Sparty. But – I don't think they belong there, not just because of 
that embarrassment Saturday night to the Buckeyes, but was it really an embarrassment? I don't think so. That will lead me right into this week's rival annoyance. So guys, this week's rival annoyance is more of a worry and more of a worry and not an annoyance. If I was annoyed at anything, I would be annoyed at the fact that this was supposed to be the year that we take down Ohio state. This was our chance. This was our chance to finally Harbaugh to get that win against the dreaded boys from down South. And the more we watch the season, they simply crossed probably the second game of the season crossed into Ohio state could be better than last year. Are you kidding me? And Michigan from an offensive standpoint is certainly worse. I know we haven't, you know, it's still kind of early in the season. And as I mentioned, the, the light at the end of the tunnel with uh, Penn being very similar to 2016 Penn State team. But I am very, very upset the fact that, you know, just going into the season, you know, Ohio State loses one of their best quarterbacks of all time, loses a great defensive guy in Bosa. They lose, they, they lose their Hall of Fame, their college Hall of Fame head coach in Urban Meyer. Finally, he's out of there. That's a, Jim Harbaugh's arch nemesis, gone out of Ohio State. And what happens? Boom. They show up and they just rack off 45 to 21, 42 to nothing, 51 to 10, 76 to 5, 48 to 7, and then a 34 to 10 win against a ranked Michigan State team. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to jump the gun here because all of those wins are now against unranked teams. I know MSU was ranked 25th at the time. But goodness gracious, I mean, besides the first game which they, you know, they were just getting their groove back. I mean, they've, here's what they've allowed. 0, 10, 5, 7, 10. Wow, that's pretty solid in their last five games. It sounds like I'm giving them praise, and maybe I am because I am severely nervous about this game. And especially, I'm more concerned about the way the two teams are going. You know what I mean? That's, that's what concerns me. Because, again, my, my annoyance is that I was so hyped for this game, as many of you Michigan fans were, I'm sure, I was so hyped for this game at the start of the season because I said this is it. We get we both have a great shot of being undefeated. I figured we would lose one of those games at Wisconsin or at Penn State, and maybe Notre Dame at home because Notre Dame is rather, uh, rather they're they're looking pretty good. They 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 did they played great against Georgia and they could have won that game, but they they're they're forced to be reckoned with. So I am still really nervous about that game. In fact, I'm pretty much nervous about every game from here on out. Uh, besides maybe this coming weekend uh, due to our offense. But you look, I mean, if, if they were to face off right now, Mich- or Ohio State has an 82.9% chance of winning. And oh, it's just heartbreaking to see, and especially the comparisons between the players. Justin Fields, is he is easily a Heisman candidate. He might be the Heisman winner this year. He's 18 TDs to one INT. Shea Patterson has six TDs and three INTs. Unbelievable. I mean, he, Fields has already passed for 1,298 yards, and that that's not even – his 18 TDs don't, don't even go to his rushing. And then I forgot about Dobbins. I forgot they had him this year. He's got six TDs. He's almost got 1,000 yards already, folks. It's unbelievable how in tune this – great job. Great job by day. I'll tell you what. This team has not skipped a beat. Points per game, they're almost averaging 50. They're only allowing 8.8 per game. I mean, Michigan's only averaging 28 points per game on offense. It's unbelievable. They're almost, they're almost doubling us in total yards. 
this is going to be scary. And this, I just, I, I had to bring out something about Ohio state. And this is my annoyance. The fact that they are really looking good this year, they could, they could legitly be number one in the country. I know that's, that's hard for me to say. It's hard for a lot of people to take, but I am, I am very, very, I am almost certain that they could be number one in, in, in both polls. And especially going into the playoffs, if they're playing like they are right now, again, I don't want to jump the gun too quick because they have not played anyone of real value, but they have been impressive. Good fields. I mean, the transfer, uh, I'm bummed that he got to play this year, but you know, Shea Patterson got to play last year. I know it was under different circumstances, but I can't really complain about that. Neither should any of you Michigan fans. But holy smokes, it's just unreal how good they are, and that is this week's rival annoyance. All right, but after that, let's get back to the Wolverines. I can't, I'm sorry I blew like five, five minutes on stupid Buckeyes, but I got to give credit where credit is due, and boy, do they deserve it so far. But the Wolverines... Who know? Uh, let's see. Uh, hopefully, it's a tune-up game for the Wolverines as they head to Illinois this Saturday. The game will be in Champaign noon on ABC. Michigan currently favored by twenty-one and a half, which is probably about right. Uh, you know, uh, I'll get into my my prediction here in a second. But the the defense got their shot at Brandon Peters, the transfer from Michigan. Uh, I'm sure most of you remember him. Who <laughs> I hate to say it, but happens to have slightly better stats, except for in yards, than a one Shea Patterson. So that's embarrassing. However, they again have not really played any solid team yet. They're only they're only wins against UConn and Akron, and they have that one terrible loss earlier on against the MAC squad, Eastern Michigan. They did play decent against Nebraska, only losing 42 to 38. But sadly, Nebraska is not all they are cracked up to be another disappointing team in the Big Ten this year. Boy, also all seem to be in the West. Boy, good thing too, because Wisconsin is is just brutal this year. Better watch out, people. Wisconsin. I, I hope Wisconsin really does roll MSU this weekend. Michigan should have no problem with this one. I have them covering and winning 35 to 7. I think Illinois gets an early TD since they are at home. Uh, they'll be a little a little amped up, I'm sure, but Michigan defense will lock down and allow nothing else because that Illinois offense is is not very good. Almost almost uh, as bad as Michigan, sadly. Some keys of the game are simple. Continue to tune that offense. Figure out what the heck is wrong. Why are they not clicking? Where is our athletes? Where is that speed and space that we we're promised? And if McCaffrey is cleared, I think you let him. You let him. You let him start. I think it's time. I'm jumping ship. I'm I'm joining that bandwagon with a lot of Michigan fans. I think it's time to let McCaffrey rock and roll because uh, I'm sorry, Shay, just kind of let me down this year. On the defensive side, just stay healthy. I know that's easier said than done, but just give us a solid game. Get out of there healthy and get prepped for that showdown with Penn State the following week. So. With that, folks, that will conclude this week's M Factor. Again, make sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or SoundCloud and subscribe to the M Factor. Uh, I'm really appreciating I'm getting a lot of listens, a lot of likes on pretty much all platforms, but I really appreciate it. Leave us that review. Five-star rating always helps us out in the rankings, of course. And be sure to tell your friends and family. Get it get it spread around, folks. I Again, if, if, if you really... Enjoy the podcast. Uh, don't forget, you can always leave me questions, comments on Facebook. 
uh, shoot me a text, give me a call, whatever, and uh, just let me know how I'm doing. Uh, let me know how the M Factor is uh, hopefully helping you out with the next week's games and some analysis on the previous week's game. But, again, it's it's all for you Michigan fans and for any real college football fan that just want to hear me yap on for about half hour. But I really appreciate the support from you guys. Have a great and safe weekend, everyone. Enjoy game six. I doubt not many or I'm, I'm fairly certain that not a lot of you are heading to Champaign. But if you are, make sure to be safe. Have fun. If not, again, it's noon ABC this Saturday. We will be back here next Thursday as always. So thanks for listening, you guys. I am Adam Amble, and this is the M Factor. Go Blue.